0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in.
1: 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, where I have been encouraged already today. I was encouraged this morning just by so many being baptized, but also, church, um, uh, the last two Sunday mornings um, in the first service, there were some that um, uh, raised their hand and say, uh, uh, at the end of the service when we asked, do you want to trust Christ as your Savior? And... Um, the father and son, ones that got baptized today, the father two weeks ago, raised his hand and said, "I want to be, I want to be saved," and came forward. And Dick Disup was able to show him in the Word of God how to be saved, and he trusted Christ as a Savior. And then that, uh, like Chris said, followed up that week, and his son trusted Christ. This past Sunday morning, um, Zach was invited to church, and during the uh, uh, service. He also, in the invitation, raised his hand and said he wanted to trust Christ as a Savior. And he came and, Dick up again, took the Bible and showed him how he could be born again. And he trusted Christ as a Savior. So it's been a wonderful last couple of weeks with people being saved. And then you saw the host of them baptized today and then joining the church. And so just a, a wonderful, wonderful day. There was, um, as you came in, how many of you noticed all the pies on the tables? I mean, if you want one of those pies that are on the table, So why would we? Why would we give a pie away? And um, I want you to um, I want you to be praying about who to give those to. And it's not just a pie; you can take as many as you want. They all have to go. Um, and so, if there's any, if there's any, take them. If you're going to give them to your neighbors, take them. Give them to your neighbors. There was a fellow in our church. Scott Welker, who had a goal several months ago that he wanted to put a track on every door in Maumee. That was his goal. And he walked the entire city of Maumee and uh, wore out some shoes, literally wore out some shoes, didn't you, Scott? He um, broke a couple pairs of shoes as he was walking and, and, uh, um, but said, I want to put a track on every single door. And he did. It took him several months to do it. John took a track that was placed on his door that Scott put there and said, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to church. And came to Clover Road Baptist Church and trusted Jesus Christ as a savior. Isn't that a wonderful thing? His son, his son obviously came with him and then later on followed up that same week and he trusted Christ as a savior. And our goal is to take those pies to your neighbors and we want the same thing to happen. We want them to get the gospel and you're going to um, give them a packet of information. The book done that we give out, it's in an audio uh, version. They can just listen to that book. Also on that pie, thank you for bringing one up here for me. Now I know there is an extra one. Um, There's a QR code that if you just hit that QR code, it's a, a short video that Michelle and I put together and um with the plan of salvation and so they're going to hear the gospel they'll read the gospel they'll hear the gospel because you were faithful in going and giving the gospel so i hope that you'll take part of that i hope that you'll do that Uh, it's just an easy way to make an introduction to your neighbor and let's show them what christ did for us and let's offer that to them as well this past week we were having a fence put up and um If you've had to do some work at your house, it's frustrating because you can't get help, right? So I've been frustrated since April. I paid for this fence in April. And um, every month I'd call and they were nowhere closer to getting it put up. And then finally, I kind of gave up. I said, well, it's gonna be freezing cold. You're not gonna be able to dig in the ground, put a fence in the ground. So I was so frustrated. I got a phone call, and they said, we're going to put your fence up last, um, in, in uh, this past week. And so I was excited about that. And then on Monday, uh, this fellow shows up. He's by himself. He, he looked like he just got out of bed that morning and had a horrible night the night before. And I thought to myself, and he pulls up in a car. And I thought to myself, what is this fence going to look like? And I was so frustrated. So I walked out and I said, so you by yourself? He said, yep. I said, there's like 210 feet of fence here. He said, yep, I'm going to do it by myself. Can't get any help. And, and I was so frustrated. And it took him up until yesterday to do it. It took him six days to do this fence. But the Lord began to really work on my heart. And, and do, you ever, do you ever get frustrated in the Lord? Show you why he was doing what he was doing? Well, this fellow kind of grew on me. I, I started liking the guy. But I didn't trust him. And so I'd go home, I'd drive by my house every so often throughout the day just to make sure he was outside of my house, not inside of my house. And I drove up a couple times and he's sitting in his car, and the car's running, and he's shivering, he's freezing cold. And um, I said, is everything okay? He says, yeah. He's, and he t- began to tell me a story. And he said, um, he began to, uh, he's, he's, he's got the th- opportunity to do the fences. He wants to turn his life around. He wants to work, but he doesn't have any boots. He has these shoes and his feet are freezing cold. And I just started talking to him. And I even said to my wife every day, I said, you know, I really like this guy. I like him. And then he was telling me about the fence. He says, I'm putting a gate up. And I noticed, he says, back when I was locked up, I said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew knew that about him. He began to tell me a story about back when he was locked up and how he was mowing lawns. And he said, I wanted to make your gate bigger so that you could get a lawnmower through your gate. And, you know, the Lord just put on my heart, why don't you be a blessing to this guy? You've been frustrated all this month. You've got your eyes on a fence instead of having your eyes on heaven and I'm putting a guy right in front of you. So Chloe and I went out yesterday and bought him a pair of boots. Nice warm pair of boots. And by the time I got back, he had a fellow because he was it was he was in over his head. He had a friend that showed up and and um there was two of them there and I walked up with this box of boots and I said to him, I said, Hey, I want to give you this, this, these boots. I said, I, I, I love the fact that you want to work. I love the fact that you're trying to get your life together. And I said, I want to give you something to encourage you. I gave him this box of boots and the f- friend that was with him pulled me aside. He says, why would you do that? I got to tell him because I'm a Christian. That's why I would do that. He said, this, this guy, he said, he's been on his own since he was 15 years old. He has no family. He said, I met him. He said, he'll be at my house for Thanksgiving and my house for Christmas. He said, he's trying to get his life together. He says, you don't know what this means he said, he, is, he doesn't have the money to buy boots. He's trying to get everything together. He's trying to do everything he can to work. And this guy was more excited, I think, that I got this other guy a pair of boots. And I just began to invite him to church, obviously, and share the gospel with the both of them. And, you know, the Lord just put it on my heart. I tell you this story because there's so many ways for us to minister to people. If we stop getting focused on this world and stay focused upon eternity, God put this guy in my backyard. And if it wasn't for my frustration because I didn't get what I wanted when I wanted it, I would have lost track of the fact that God put this guy not on accident, you know what, if I had to wait eight months to get a fence so that I could share the gospel with this fella, it was an eight month worth waiting for. I want us to talk to us today about the joy of our salvation. I didn't just tell you that story to tell you that story. I, it all fits today. Because we have so much to have joy in, don't we? We have so much to be thankful for, don't we? We, we did not. The truth of the matter is we did not plan a special service the week before Thanksgiving for so many to be saved, baptized, join the church, and have the Lord's table. That was not our plan. Matter of fact, we were supposed to have the Lord's table a couple weeks back, but I was at Bono, so we pushed it off till today. I didn't know two people were going to be saved and needing to be baptized and then these others. And and then I I had no idea what the Lord was orchestrating, but the Lord orchestrated all of this and put on my heart as we were just preaching verse by verse through 1 Thessalonians, the joy of my salvation. The apostle Paul and the church here at Thessalonica, they're experiencing a lot of suffering. Let's look in verse number one of chapter three. The Bible says this, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone. And sent Timotheus, or Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. That no man should be moved by these afflictions for yourselves, know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and you know it. For this cause, when I would no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the temper, tempter have tempted you, and your labor be in vain. The Apostle Paul is writing to this church at Thessalonica. Remember, as we've been studying this ver- this chapter, this this book, the church at Thessalonica—they're a young church. The apostle Paul comes here after Philippi, after being beaten, after being jailed there in Philippi, discouraged, but he comes to this place at Thessalonica and he begins to preach the gospel and the people here receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and they are just energized by what they hear, this, this uh, uh, they receive the gospel and Paul tells them that Jesus Christ is coming again. Well, they literally thought, that means he's coming like right now but the Lord didn't come right at that moment. He, he's, he's, he's tarried his coming, and, and they began to be discouraged because they thought, well, we're going to get saved, and, and Jesus is going to come again, but he didn't come. And, and as they were waiting, great persecution, great affliction comes, not only to the apostle Paul and, and the apostles that, that are preaching the gospel, but also to the churches now they are being established. And they're discouraged by all of these things. And the Apostle Paul now is writing back to them to try to encourage them and try to strengthen them. And he says, I wanted to come see you, but, but uh, I couldn't come see you. And so we sent Timothy instead. So Paul sends Timothy to, to get a firsthand report on how the church was doing. Paul is suffering. Paul is going through great hurt. Christians during this generation are suffering. It was not easy to be a Christian during this generation because they, they, they were being persecuted, and a Christian had to be strong in their faith if they were going to endure. It seemed difficult. At times, it seemed dark. Christians were dying for simply putting their faith in Jesus Christ. Christians were being placed in prison. They were being beaten for their faith. This was the condition of the churches and the condition of the believers back in Paul's day as this book is being written. There was great, great suffering that was taking place. And I want you to see Paul's concern. In verse number one, Paul shows his concern. He says, wherefore, we could no longer forbear... Look with me in verse number five. He says, for this cause, when I could no longer forbear, Paul is concerned. This is more than just, I wonder how this church at Thessalonica is doing. Paul is concerned for their well-being. Paul uh, is writing to them and is concerned. He says, I was so concerned. What were you concerned about? I was concerned that because of everything that you were going through, that it was going to be easy for you to walk away from the faith. And so what does Paul do? In verse number two, the Bible says that Paul sends Timothy, and he was sent, I want you to see this, he says, I want you, I sent Timothy, our brother, to a minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to do what? To establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Paul's concern for them was because of everything they were going through. And he was so concerned, he said, I, I I couldn't take it anymore. I want you to see this word forbear here. This was great agony that, that Paul was facing, that Paul was dealing with. Paul is emotionally moved because he's thinking about all that they're, they're, they're thinking, all the decisions they're going to make. And he's concerned that as they consider everything, they just walk away from the faith. And Paul has ministered to this church in tears. Remember what we already preached. When they came, they received everything that Paul was saying. They encouraged Paul. When Paul was at a low point after coming from Philippi, they received the gospel. They lived the gospel. They had strong faith in the gospel. And, they, and Paul said, you encouraged me. And not only encouraged me, you encouraged all the churches around because of your sincerity in the faith. But now Paul is concerned. He's concerned, and he sends Timothy to strengthen them. And this is what I was thinking, the conviction I had for myself. I am so worried about offense getting done uh, that, that that is only offense. And so often, church, we can get discouraged about the events that are happening around us, but I want to encourage you today that at times we need to get our eyes off of this world and keep our eyes on eternity. Because the things of this world, they're going to discourage us. Paul is afraid that if I keep my, if this church is looking at the bad, if this church is looking at the suffering, if this church is looking at what's happening to me, that they're going to say, is this really worth it serving Jesus? And some at times go through so much. And the question is, is it worth serving Jesus? Is it worth following Jesus? And Paul is concerned that this young church of just a few years old is going to consider those things and walk away from the faith. So he sends someone that he trusts so much, Timothy, to go, and he sends them concerning their faith. Look what happens in verse number 3, that that no man should be moved by these afflictions. This is why he sends Timothy, to strengthen them so they're not moved because of the difficulty that's going to come. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Paul's concern is that they would forget that this is what God's plan was. These afflictions that Paul was suffering, these afflictions that the churches and the Christians are suffering, they were for the Lord's sake. They were so that the gospel of Jesus Christ could go forth. They were so that others would see the strength that these Christians had and see the way that these Christians respond. I want to remind you there in Philippi, that Philippian jailer that beat Paul and placed him in prison, it was because of Paul's response. When Paul was freed and that Philippian jailer thought, oh no, I'm dead. Paul could have fled. Paul could have been out of there. But Paul waited and said, don't touch yourself. Don't, Don't harm yourself. And Paul, who was beaten by this man, now is going to give this man the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this man's entire house is saved because of Paul's response to affliction. Church, I want to point your attention to this, please. We are not going to be, uh, uh, afflictions not going to be taken from us. Just because we're a child of God, it does not mean that we're not going to go through heartache. It does not mean that we will not go through hurt. It does not mean that we will not go through trials. But what it does mean is that we have strength in every one of those circumstances, that Jesus Christ is our rock that we can depend on upon, and it's through those trials and how we respond that the world that needs Jesus sees that there is hope. Oh, Christian, there's hope. Paul's concern for this church. I want you to see this morning that our hope is seen through God's grace. As we suffer, God's grace is sufficient, and God's grace is seen Verse number five, look with me if you would there, please. Verse number five, for this cause, when I could no longer forbear, here's Paul for the second time saying, I could not stand it any longer. I sent to know your faith. Lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and their labor be in vain. Paul was concerned that these trials would get too much. And that this church would walk away in discouragement. And this was what Paul's concern was for this church. I want you to see, secondly, though, I want you to see Paul's rejoicing. Look with me in verse number 6. The Bible says this, but now when Timothy came from you unto us, so when Timothy came back to give us this report and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to you see... See you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all of our affliction and distress by what? By your faith. I want you to see Paul's rejoicing here. Here, Timothy brings back this good report of faith and charity or faith and love. And what Paul hears is this yes, this church knows that you're suffering. And yes, this church is suffering, but this church stayed faithful, this church stayed strong. They didn't forget all that Christ had done for them. They remembered everything that Christ had done. They remembered Paul's message of the gospel. They remembered the hope of salvation through Jesus Christ. They remembered that Jesus Christ one day was coming again. They remembered that heaven is our eternal home. They remembered all that Jesus Christ had done, and they got their eyes off of the affliction and off the pain, and they stayed strong upon the word of God. Oh, listen to me, church. I today want to rejoice with you. Oh, are we absent trials? Of course not. Are we absent uh, difficulties? Of course not. Are we absent pain? Of course not. This past week, one of our very own members, Madison Wiley, went home to be with the Lord. His family called me late on, on Thursday evening. They found him dead in his home. They think he suffered a heart attack. I went and ministered to that family and and Betty is tearful and she's crying. Her kids are crying. This was sudden and they weren't sure. And as we sat there Thursday, late Thursday night in their living room, we nailed our uh, knees and bowed our heads to the Lord and we got strength from the Lord. We thank the Lord for heaven. We thank the Lord for our salvation. We thank the Lord that even during suffering, His grace is sufficient. Oh, listen to me, church, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to rejoice in. We have a church member that wears out his shoes, put in gospel tracks, and I know he's got to be wondering, is anyone going to read these? He was even being tracked down by the police. <laughs> they called the church one day. Do you know this guy? Never seen him before, (laughs) no idea who he is. He's got to be wondering, I'm putting thousands of tracks, I'm putting thousands of steps on my, on, my, on my shoes. I'm wondering, is this worth it? It's got to be worth it when he comes to church and he doesn't even know the person. That person says, i got a gospel track on my door and I'm trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior. And then he watches today as the Father and the Son are baptized. I want you to know this church, there's joy in our salvation. There's joy in serving Jesus. This will be a difficult week for many. This week, there'll be somebody missing at the table, somebody that we love. And sometimes that's enough to discourage us. To those that are dealing with loss, I want to encourage you, stay faithful to Jesus. He's worthy. He's worthy. It's only for a time Yes, it's difficult, and yes, it's hard, and yes, it can be discouraging, but keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. He's the joy of our salvation. Their faithfulness encouraged Paul he says, therefore, brethren, you were comforted over, we were comforted in verse number seven, over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. For now we live if we stand fast in the Lord. Here the apostle Paul, who was concerned for them, gets the report back from Timothy. And now Paul is rejoicing. Oh, their their salvation was real. Oh, their, their faith is strong. They believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. They believe that jesus christ can heal they believe that he's coming again oh and he was encouraged i want you to remember this your faithfulness is going to encourage others to continue on it's going to encourage others your faithfulness is going to encourage others when they're weak i want to acknowledge today it's easy to quit easy to look at all the things that are around. It's easy. All of us have a good reason, everyone in this room, you've been hurt somewhat, somehow. But for Christ's sake, We must encourage the brethren. It's possible to stay focused. It's possible to stay strong. It's possible to have strong faith because our faith is not in the things of this world. Their faith is like ours. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when your faith is in something that is unchangeable, when your faith is in something that is unmovable, when your faith is in the rock, Jesus Christ, there's hope. And there's joy. Today, I just want to rejoice with you. The joy of our salvation. Look with me in verse number 9. For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God. He says, what, what more can we say? thought on a week of this when we're going to come together and be so thankful. Boy, I sat there on the front pew this morning. I I sat there feeling bad for the people that go to the second service (laughs) because they're going to miss out on the great service we had this morning. Now, I want you to know I'm going to say the same thing in the second service. I feel bad for the people that were in the first service. They missed out on the great service we had this morning. But here, the Apostle Paul is saying, I'm so thankful for you. And this week, we have so much to be thankful for. Church, we witnessed 12 or so people put their faith in Jesus Christ and then publicly profess that Jesus Christ was their Lord. Praise God for that. We had 12 or 13 families, whatever it was that we saw up there, that want to come and be a part of this local body of believers. Thank God for that. And then in a moment, we're going to come before this table, and we're going to break bread and drink of that cup and celebrate the Lord's death till he comes again. You and I have so much to be thankful for. We have Jesus. The last two weeks in our church, people were saved. Eternity has been changed. Glory to God. Baptized, joining the church. I walked in today and I saw all those pies. And at first I thought to myself, I'm glad Paul Taylor's not here to eat them, but then I found that he is. (laughs) Then I thought to myself, here are hundreds of neighbors hundreds of neighbors that you get to go minister to. You get to go tell them of the joy of your salvation. You get to knock on the door and tell them, I love you. I'm thankful for you. And here's Jesus Christ. This is what he's done for me. And he can do the same for you. I want us to close our service today as we prepare for the Lord's table and I want you to simply do this today will you bow and thank God for the joy of your salvation will you thank him for what he's
0: done you just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church if it was a help to you make sure that you let somebody know about it If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, MonclovaBaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.